0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulMMA.com here with a quick UFC London wrap-up. This will be a bit of an abrupt show. We'll be back on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern with the Fightful MMA podcast with Showdown Joe and James Lynch, who is back from Mexico. Let's run through this uh, UFC card which and some of, the, some of the highlights from that show. We had Arnold Allen picking up another win over Jordan Rinaldi, unanimous decision. 30-26, 30-27, 29-28. Those scorecards, although Arnold Allen clearly deserved the win, all over the place, pretty indicative of the rest of this show. You have Sarapar, uh Safarov, who was one of my I got five on it picks, with one of the most egregious fence-grabbing offenses I've ever seen in my life. He got a point taken away. He ended up winning 29-26, 29-26, and 29-27. Hey, for my I got five on it picks, my underdog betting flyers, boy, was I happy for that. Makes me look a little bit smarter. But very little about that first round made him look smart. This was unbelievable. Unbelievable that this was allowed to go. And then, then Nick did it later on. My God, man, like learn the rules. Absurd. Danny Gay defeated Danny Henry via submission. We're naked show. <clears throat> A minute 17 into the first round. You had Molly McCann overcoming a ridiculous hematoma to defeat Priscilla Keshwara. Uh, I think it was Aaron Bronster that, that mentioned that Keshwara, through two UFC fights, has already absorbed about 80% as many strikes as GSP did his entire career. That is unbelievable and not safe. Priscilla is not on the UFC level. Not there. Molly McCann had a nice performance That was fun. Uh, The grappling exchanges were a little bit sloppy in this fight, but she picks up a big win over Priscilla Keshwara. Talk about big wins. Mike Grundy defeating Nad Naramani in uh, the second round, coming back and knocking him out, uh, TKO rather, on the feet. This was a good stoppage, I thought. Uh, Appropriate, fair, and a big comeback win for Mike Grundy, but not a lot of these fights are going to exactly move the needle. Arnold Allen, perhaps the most. But then you had Mark Jacasey, who had been riding a three fight losing streak, facing Joe Duffy. Joe Duffy, uh, a really well rounded fighter, arguably the most well rounded fighter that Jacasey's that fought. And, um, you know, with Dose with of Duffy, when he came in and he won his first two UFC fights, everybody was like, okay. If he beats Poirier. He's going to get that Conor McGregor fight. It didn't happen, but he won four of his first five anyway. He's ran it. He ran into James Vick last time, but Jacasey took this one from him. Man, Jacasey saved his job. D'Casey, uh fought back, had showed some okay grappling too, and was able to come out and and really uh, save his career. And it, it was an emotional moment. It a tearful. Mark Giacasey in the cage was uh, very obvious. It it was very obvious, rather, that he understood the stakes that were involved in this fight. Uh, I got a lot of respect for Jacasey. He was a guy uh, that I associate sort of with the launch of Fightful because a couple months after uh, he day de- or after Fightful launched, he debuted against Lucas Zduński, and then he he beat Frankie Perez, and then a couple months later he beat Timu Paklin. So, in the first, I want to say eight nine months of Fightful existing, we were talking about Mark Jukiczy, and we weren't just talking about Mark Jacasey. We were talking about the nine and zero Bama champion who came in and won his first three fights, and it just didn't work for him too much too soon. And he ran into Drakkar Close, and then Dan Hooker, and then Hot Parast, and It was rough for him for a long time. He picks up his first win since March of 2017. Uh, So a big, big win for him. We move on to the main card. Oh man, that Jack Marshman-John Phillips fight was not good. Phillips tried, but Marshman kept moving backwards. Um, I had Marshman pick to win this fight, but there there were a lot of decisions that people just didn't like on this show. And this one went to the split, and I I thought that Phillips won the fight, personally. Uh, I know that about 75-80% of media had uh, Phillips winning that fight. I'm going to check on the the fan. Uh, 82% of fans had Phillips winning this fight. There were some rough calls on this show that I didn't agree with. Some real, real bad calls. And this has me... like. I went into this show and I was like, okay, Jack Marshman, he's somebody uh, worth watching on this show. Maybe, maybe not so much, not so much. He he came into the UFC as this finisher and had finished all these people on his way in. Now nah, he's two and three in the or two and four in the UFC now, and uh, has lost four of his last five. I think it's time for him or, or not for he didn't lose shit. I had. Phillips won or should have won this fight, but this may have saved Marshman's career rather. So Marshman hasn't lost four of his last five. He's two and two in his last four now and needed this, I think, to preserve his career. Otherwise, he would have lost four of his last five. Then the outside looking in, because his one win was that that you name his decision against Ryan James in Scotland. Not a good one. Speaking of not a good one. Claudio Silva, Danny Roberts, a fun fight. Claudio Silva, man, a guy who just can't stay in the cage. He's had as many fights canceled as he's had actual fights in the UFC. He's always getting hurt. He's up there in age. He's 36. But, man, when he clamps down on you on the ground, he can be smothering. But Danny Roberts, who, quite frankly, didn't look like his submission game had that much to offer, didn't look like his offensive or defensive wrestling game had that much to offer, fought back and kept finding himself in positions to where he could get back into this fight. Now, there's this awkward situation in round three where Claudia Silva has a, an arm bar applied to Danny Roberts. Danny Roberts, according to the ref, shouted out, now, every single fighters meeting I've ever been a part of, the referee will say, if you scream, that is a verbal submission. It doesn't matter if you scream, ah, I'm okay. That's a verbal submission. Control yourself. It is not hard to control a scream. However, Roberts says that he grunted. It's hard to tell based on on the camera angle, but in that case, man, you got to give the fighter the benefit of the doubt. He was not happy. Danny Roberts was not happy, and it it was not a tap. I, I think Danny Roberts has to challenge this. Ah, Cheers. Claudio Silva picks up a win and that's a big one for him too but man that's that's a heartbreaker for Danny Roberts to go in, to go into that fight and put in your camp and he had won three of his last four heading into the fight and this was a, this is a big win for him because Claudio Silva's a real good fighter but then he got hosed man he got completely hosed in this fight. Claudio Silva moves to four and zero in the UFC uh, with that controversial win, and uh, he gets his fourth win via armbar. But you got to feel for Danny Roberts. <clears throat> also, I should have mentioned uh, Arnold Allen now five and zero in the UFC. Pretty impressive. Obviously, one to look out. Not not one to look out for. He, he's being looked out for. Nathaniel Wood defeated Jose Canones Via submission, rear naked choke, round two, a real good performance by Nathaniel Wood. You know that Nathaniel Wood is the type of guy that the UFC wants to uh, turn into something, especially for that region, and I, I think it's time to eliminate the prospect moniker from him. He is now 3-0 in the UFC. He had an outstanding run in Cage Warriors in 2017 that led to him getting his his deal. He, he won a fight in Bellator, but... He's a guy who came in and has stayed active over the last year. This is his fourth win in the calendar year. He had one win in <clears throat> Cage Warriors, came in and beat Johnny Eduardo, uh, tapped out Andre Ewell, and tapped out Kanonis. I mean, not, not just stepping in and winning those fights at 135, but he's stepping in and and submitting people, finishing people in general at 135. Well, that's a good way to get noticed. But submitting people and doesn't matter how how deep in the fight it is he, I mean the Ewell fight it was deep into the 3rd I believe and the thing is when he came to the UFC he wasn't exactly tapping people out with regularity which is the amazing thing uh, I'm pretty sure the the Eovine fight he won in a minute with punches like yeah his last 4 cage cage wars fight he was winning those by TKO. He had like the submission in Bellator. He had a couple of decision wins, uh, I think for Phoenix and Bama. Not a guy who was tapping people out. In fact, his weakness was, was kind of known early on in his career in like 2015 for a submission game. Awesome performance from Nathaniel Wood, and that that's that you know that's a guy they're they're happy to see uh, uh do well fighting out of London. Because before long, he's—I mean, he's already a guy who's on the main card. But eventually, they're going to have a guy. Since Gunnar Nelson ain't that guy, that they can throw in the co-main event of these shows. <laughs> so, uh, big win for Nathaniel Wood. Oh boy, number eight, Dom Reyes defeated no, number six, Volkan Ozdemir. Now, boy, oh, man, two of my—I got five on it picks, including Mark Jacasey won. Volkan Ozdemir should have been number three. Now, the reason I picked him for an I got five on it is because he can just look in your general.
1: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? (laughs) Shopify.
0: direction and knock you out that didn't happen in this fight uh I incorrectly submitted my scorecard to MMA decisions as a 30 27 that should have been 29 28 Ozdemir Dom Reyes won that last round but that's it I don't know how you give that fight to Dom Reyes and I think it's 65 percent of the media 73 percent of fans gave it to Ozdemir I thought Ozdemir pressured more I thought he was uh I, I thought this was his fight. And it's a heartbreaker for Ozdemir, who's now lost three in a row. Hasn't won since 2017. But Dom Reyes is now 5-0 oh in the UFC and had the balls to call out John Jones. Now, I'm sorry. This is going to sound controversial to some who don't get what I mean. He's behind Johnny Walker in that race. He is. Not because Johnny Walker has more impressive wins than... Than uh, Dom Reyes because that's not true, but Johnny Walker is just eviscerating people and destroying people, and Dom Reyes has done that a time or two. But I mean, Dom Reyes isn't necessarily stepping in after this performance where he could have arguably lost the OSP fight where it was a decision, and following up on on that that initial UFC run the way that that he was. Now I if you want to throw them in there together, I'm all I'm all for that. Dom Reyes, Johnny Walker. So that on the co main event of a Tiago Santos John Jones show. See what happens. Let let's just see how it goes. Down for that. Gunnar Nelson got beat by Leon Edwards, split decision. Uh, Gunnar Nelson and Leota Machida, that is my nightmare fight. Leon Edwards, man, does not get the respect that he deserves, even from this crowd. Guy's from England, or actually lives in England. He was born in Jamaica. But he is a guy that has won seven fights in a row, including wins over uh, Nelson and Cerrone now. He has won nine of his last ten. His only two losses in the UFC... Claudio Silva, Camaro Usman. Now, he is not a consistent finisher. That maybe isn't as appealing, but he's already got the co-main event slot. I think it's time for a main event slot. I think him fighting Mazvidal makes a lot of sense. Especially with Mosvidal hushing that crowd later in this show. Leon Edwards towards the end of round two, uh, two uneventful rounds, just cracked Gunnar Nelson with a, an abusive elbow that I was surprised that Gunnar Nelson even came back from. If this fight would have been about 30 seconds, or that round would have been 30 seconds longer, that's Edwards' round. but uh, Or that's Edwards' fight, rather. Edwards is in a division where he's already lost to the champion, Kamaru Usman. He wants that rematch. He said he wanted that rematch. But he and Masvidal just got into it backstage. Uh, it is so uh, I'm told. I, th- I believe it was uh, Joseph Farley on the live chat. Shout out to him for sending that information along. Now, Gunnar Nelson being able to fight back and take that third round when he probably, based on my amateur <laughs> medical expertise, probably has a... Broken orbital. Oh, boy. Another thing about Edwards, man, even when he does finish, he's finishing late in the third round. So, I don't know. And the one five-round fight he had went all five with Cerrone. Put him in there with Masvidal. Speaking of Masvidal, we're going to take a look at this on the highlights. Masvidal defeated Darren Teal. But it wasn't without... Uh, without some highlights from Teal. Let's take a look. Teal, a much bigger fighter. Cracked Mosvidal, that that was very evident the the size discrepancy. But then this happened in the second. Crack. Teal knocked stiff with a couple of big punches. Now Teal was imposing his will early on, and if not for that knockdown, that first round was pretty close. As is, it was it was it was a pretty close first round outside of that knockdown. But Masvidal, despite the size difference, you're talking about Teal who should have been a middleweight, Masvidal who probably should be a lightweight. Masvidal was coming back with that counter right, that left hook, those leg kicks, those body kicks. He was really switching up the game. Not only that, he wasn't just counterfighting. He was he was. Uh, pushing forward as well. He really switched up the game, kept Darren Teal on his toes, and then finished him off by lunging in, getting aggressive, and and doing what he had to do to put Darren Teal away. If you all go back and watch my assessment ahead of the Darren Teal-Donald Cerrone fight, I said that it felt like Darren Teal was trying to convince himself of a lot of the things that he was saying. He said a lot of weird things that made it seem like he didn't believe the things he was saying. Then he knocked Cerrone out. I'm like, all right, maybe he does. He hasn't knocked anybody out since. It's been a year and a half. It's been three fights. He beat Steven Thompson, but he missed weight in doing so. It went to the scorecards. He got tapped by Tyron Woodley in, in a one-sided drubbing, and he got knocked stiff by Mosvidal. There are holes in his game. Nicholas Dalby dragged him to a real good decision. It was a, it was a draw, but it went to a decision. Tyron Woodley's tapped him out. has knocked him out. If you are an up-and-comer that gets your crack at Darren Teal, you say, man, I got three ways to beat this guy now. I can question his pace and push it, I can vary up my game and knock him out. I can drag him to the ground and submit him, especially if you're a middleweight and you see a much smaller Tyron Woodley doing that. Or you can look around and say, man, one of his holes early on was the, the Nicholas Dalby took him to decision. Now keep in mind after that fight, Nicholas Dalby dropped three straight decisions to the likes of Zach Cummings, Peter Sabata, and Carlo Petersoli Jr. Got bounced from the UFC. That in all fairness, he right before that he also took a split decision win against Zaleski de Santos. But there are a lot of ways to beat Darren Teal. He needs to go to welterweight or middleweight in my in my estimation. You're zapping your body of all that water, man. Come on, what's the point? Why Why are we doing that? Has that proven to be much of a success? Is the size advantage that you are carrying into that fight that important? Because it wasn't when George Mosvidal, a former lightweight, put those hands on you. It wasn't when a true welterweight in Nicholas Dalby fought you. You couldn't make the weight when Thompson fought you. Woodley out-wrestled you, and he's smaller. Mosvidal, you can give him anybody in the top 15. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, man. You got to give Masvidal a huge fight. No, I don't think you do. I really, to be honest with you, I didn't think he should have been in this main event, but obviously he won it. Perfectly fine, sure. But before that, he had dropped fights to people at the top of the division, Thompson and Maya. But you know what he gets to say? I got wins over Cerrone and Teal and uh, Chiesa, people like that. Anybody in the top 15 is fine with me. Thompson versus Pettis next week. We're going to be previewing that on Tuesday. Take a look at at uh, what we have up on the the YouTube channel. Leave us a thumbs up. Uh, James Lynch has a lot of good content up there. But another point brought up, Michael Bisping headed to the UFC Hall of Fame. More than deserved. Man, it's it's kind of weird. You look at him and you're like, man, he's 40 years old. Because I remember when he was the 20-something prospect. and. <laughs> he's he's so deserving of it, and you never know where his career would be if USADA had been enacted years and years and years before. He came into the UFC after a couple of years as a pro, won tough, uh, made a run at, at light heavyweight, ran into Rashad Evans, lost. he lost to a future champion by split decision and was like, ah, I'll go to middleweight. Who knows how good he could have been at, at light heavyweight even. Went on that run, had the infamous knockout loss to Dan Henderson, which he would later avenge. But he fought Dan Henderson, who was on TRT, and Vanderlei Silva, who failed a bunch of drug tests, and Chael Sonnen, and another title eliminator, who has been on all kinds of stuff, and Vitor Belfort, who's been on all kinds of stuff. Those were the people that he lost to for years. And he was beating all the other people. Who knows if he would have been able to capture that UFC championship before then. Lost to Luke Rockhold, who by all, all means is clean, but beat Anderson Silva, controversial fight, beat Kung Lee, but got that shot against Luke Rockhold and made the most of it and became a champion. And then he got the two fights that he wanted. He wanted his rematch against Dan Henderson. He wanted his money fight against George St. Pierre. He got both of them. And, uh, quite frankly, that year-and-a-half run, I mean, really, that that pff, the last two years of his career, 2016, 2017, he got to fight Anderson Silva, Luke Rockhold in a title fight, Dan Henderson in the rematch, George St. Pierre in um, a big-money main event fight, and Kelvin Gastelum in his farewell, which we didn't know was his farewell and was ill-advised at best, but Godspeed to Michael Bisping. He deserves it. He's a good broadcaster, too. Leave a thumbs-up, guys. Fightful, subscribe.